remember. And what I remember is this. I remember going downstairs on Christmas morning uh, with my older brother and older sister in front of me. And I remember as we got down and we were looking into the family room and, and the lights weren't on yet. It was just the Christmas light was on. It was still kind of dark and I was wiping the sleep. Oh, what kid sleeps at four probably for Christmas out of my eyes. And here's what I heard. Can you see him? Can you see him? Can you see Santa? And, and, and I remember, I mean, apparently everybody else could, right? And so they're just asking me, can I see him? And I, I just remember as much as I could straining into the darkness, trying to see him. I think I saw him. I, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I, I really don't know for sure, but maybe I did. But again, it was 50 years ago. I remember watching TV and and being told, again, it was a little black and white TV with, with ears on it. Oh, by the way, I'm only 54. I know I look a lot younger than that, but now you know. <laughs> so I remember watching TV and I was told that what was happening was a man was landing on the moon. I mean, that was absolutely amazing. Now, now I got to be honest with you. Uh, I definitely remember exactly where I was in the little TV that we were looking at when I was told that a man had landed on the moon. And I don't know if it was Apollo 11 and 69 or it was one of the later Apollos. I don't know for sure. But I remember my family taking me outside and we looked up at the moon and they said, there's a man on that moon. Can you see him? Can you see him? And I tried and I try. I think I see him. I, I, I think I saw him. I'm, I'm really not quite sure, but I, I think I saw him. You know, the wonder that 50 years ago, a man walked on the moon. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? I mean, that's a pretty incredible feat. But that's not the ultimate wonder. The ultimate wonder is that 2,000 years ago, God walked on the earth. Can you see him? Can you see him? His name is Jesus. God coming to earth was such an incredible wonder that angels could no longer be silent. I mean, heaven had been silent for a long time, but angels who, who longed to peer into the mystery of God becoming man, Scripture will tell us, could no longer contain themselves. Angels had to start singing. And they filled the heavens with song. 50 years ago, maybe you can remember some of the clips that we saw that when man landed on the moon, I mean, the whole world kind of stopped and thought, oh my goodness, what an amazing wonder that man has the ability, the smarts, that we got somebody to the moon. But when God came to earth, the heavens rang. It rang with singing. And not only that, not just singing, but it was a light show that accompanied it. I mean, God couldn't stay silent. The angels couldn't stay silent. There had to be such a party because God had come to the earth. The angels sang this. It's interesting what they sang. They sang, glory to God in the highest. They were basically saying the best thing we could do is give this God glory in the manger. Glory to God in the highest. And he also says, and on earth peace among those whom he is well pleased. Peace in the lowest. Glory in the highest. I love the fact that the motto that God's put on our heart here is for the glory of our great God. Glory to God in the highest. And not only that, but for good for our neighbor 
in the lowest and at peace. A God who would become flesh and dwell among us. A God who, who is high and holy. This is God, right? This is the God of the universe, the one who creates the cosmos, the one who holds all things together. This is God Almighty, the Holy One, dwelling among us. He's high and holy, and he's, he's meek and lowly. Could he get any lower than a feeding trough in a manger? Could he get any lower than being born to a virgin teenager? Could he get any more accessible? Could he get any more low than that? And isn't it great? Because every one of us has access to a God who's both high and holy and meek and lowly. Incredible. A God who came flesh and dwelt among us. Tonight we're going to look at three things briefly about what it means. Can you see him? What you see will really demonstrate how you act. Rightful seeing leads to rightful living. And lastly, in Scripture, in Christianity, believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. I'm going to read the story, the familiar story to many of us in Luke chapter 2, the Gospel of Luke. I'm going to read the first 20 verses of this great story of Jesus' birth. Let us draw near, let us engage our hearts, our minds, our ears into the reading of God's holy word. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each one to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, which, by the way, means house of bread, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Why? Because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from uh, them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and that they'd been told. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but our God's word will stand forever. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. And Father God, thank you for this greatest story, this greatest gift. 
this greatest Son, this one and only Savior, who would come and put on flesh and dwell among us, the God Almighty, who would come so lowly, so meek, and so accessible to all of us. Oh, Father God, you couldn't have loved us more by demonstrating that love by sending Jesus. You will never love us less. Jesus, we thank you for the love you have for us, that you would become one of us so that we could be one with you and the Father. And Father, because you love us and because your Son has come to rescue us, would you send us your Holy Spirit to come and be among us? God, give us ears to hear, maybe for the first time, but for all of us, Give us ears to hear your voice and minds to understand your word and this story and hearts that would embrace your truth. Would you give us feet that would walk in a manner worthy of your name? God, the things that I say that are just merely my opinion or, or wrong, may those things quickly fall away and be forgotten. But the things that are said that are true, that contain the glorious good news of the gospel, would you use those things to make us more like your son, our Savior Jesus. And it's in his matchless name that we pray. Amen. It's incredible. When man finally arrived at the moon, you know what he did? He collected rocks. When God arrived on earth, you know what he did? He collected sinners. And I'm so grateful because why? I'm one of them. And he came to seek and to save the lost. He came to give life and life abundantly to those who have lost it because of the brokenness of their own lives. He came for the glory of his Father, our great God. He came for the good of our lives and our neighbors. And I'm so grateful that he came to do more than collect rocks. He came to seek lost sheep. You know, there's some conspiracy theories, some conspiracy theory junkies out there that will say that man never really walked on the moon. There's some pretty elaborate theories out there that says, you know, it was all a hoax. It was all Hollywood, man. It was all, all make-believe. There's no way that we could actually have gone to the moon. Well, there's also some conspiracy theory junkies out there that say there's no way that God came and walked on this earth. Let me ask you, can you see him? Can you see Jesus? When Jesus came, I mean, he came as a small little package. I mean, this little helpless baby But can you see him as what scripture tells us of who he is? That he is the son of God. He's the one who's fully God and fully man. Can you see him as what John would tell us in John 1 of the gospel? That he's the the word of God. That very word that spoke and caused creation to come into existence. That very word that holds all things together. That Jesus, the one lying in the manger, Jesus, he's the word of God. He's the light and life of man, God in flesh, a God who dwells with us. Can you see him? Can you see him as the lamb of God, the promised lamb of God who would take away our sins and the sin of the world? Can you see him as the fullness of God, creator, sustainer, redeemer, ruler, savior, friend? Can you see him as all these things? Can you see him? Because here's the reality for each one of us. How you see will determine how you act. How you see him will determine how you act. You know, there's two types of people in this world. There are 
and you're going to find out which one of you. There are garage sale people and there are non-garage sale people. Which one are you? And I don't know about you, but I got enough junk of my own. I don't need to buy yours, okay? And so I'm not, and, and some of you may love it, and that's great. And I, I bet you there's some great deals out there, but I am not a garage sale kind of person. But a few months ago, Katie and I were going over to see her mom in Winter Park, and we noticed that their neighbor right next door was having a garage sale. And I just noticed, looked over there and saw what's in the, in the driveway. And there was this really cool floor lamp. I mean, it was really cool. I mean, it was like kind of retro yet modern. And, and I, you know, I was like caught my eye. I was like, man, I, I, I like to have that lamp for my study. You know, it's just got this really cool lamp. So I decided, hey, let's, let's go check out the garage sale. Let's go see what other stuff they have. And you know, the cool thing is, is getting to the lamp was just the beginning of treasures. The guy had some really cool stuff laid out there. And not only did he have cool stuff laid out there, but as we got to know them, there was kind of a story behind everything he had. He was like, well, let me tell you about this. I mean, tell me a little bit more about this. And, and where did this come from? And oh, you got this from the family and you got this there and you got this here and, and, and different things. And eventually I couldn't stand anymore. I said, well, okay, let me just ask you, how much do you want for the floor lamp? Well, he told me that it wasn't for sale. Now, again, I told you, I don't usually go to garage sales, but aren't there rules to garage sales? Aren't, aren't there? Isn't, isn't, I'm not a garage sale aficionado, but I just think there was a real breach of conduct right there, you know? I mean, to me, if it's in the, if it's on, in the driveway, that sucker is for sale. There's a, some kind of code of conduct somewhere. So, and I kind of wanted to not be rude, but excuse me, like, hello, it's in your driveway. I think there's a rule, you know, it's going to go for sale. So, I didn't want to call him out on his pregious, pretty egregious faux pas, but I, I, I did. And he told me that not only was that not for sale, but nothing was for sale. I said, wait a minute. You're not having a garage sale? No, we're cleaning out our garage. <laughs> Who cleans out their garage on a Saturday? It sounds like a terrible thing, right? And seriously, I want you to just picture this. I marched up this guy's driveway like I owned it, right? I handled most of his stuff as asking like weird questions about where it came from, right? Why? Because I saw a garage sale. That's what I saw. I saw a garage sale, right? Not some guy who spends his Saturday, some weirdy who spends his Saturday cleaning out his garage. Who does those kind of things? I know you would love for me to do those kind of things. What do you see when you see baby Jesus lying in a manger? What do you see when you see him wrapped in swaddling clothes? Do you, do you see a conspiracy theory? I mean, do you see a hoax? I, and, and if you do, I want to tell you that I hope you at least see an incredibly beautiful story because there's never been a more beautiful story. I'm telling you, one of the reasons I'm convinced of the story is man's not that smart to think about how God would rescue us by becoming one of us. I mean, I mean, the story of the gospel is so amazingly beautiful for the literary value alone. May you sit in wonder of that story. But it's more than a story. And for many of us, by God's grace, we see more than a hoax. And we look into that manger, we look into that baby's face. You know what we see? We see God. We see God in the flesh. We see Emmanuel 
And if you really have God's grace and if you really can see the story, you know what you see? You see your Savior. You see the one that was promised to to get you home. You see the one who is going to live the life that you and I failed to live and be righteous and holy and fulfill all the requirements of holy God. You'd see the one who would die a death that we deserve to die, that would hang there, that would bear the shame and the reproach of our sins. You'd see the one who would walk out of a grave and he'd conquer our greatest enemy of sin and death. And you'd see it as your own, our own Savior. You see, rightful seeing will lead to rightful living. God walked on earth. Why? Listen, don't miss it. God walked on earth so that we could walk with God. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel. Jesus, God's son, what did he do? He came to seek and to save sinners. It's like he came to a garage sale full of junk and broken things like me and you. And he says, I'll buy it. It's broken. I'll take it. It doesn't work. I want it. But you don't understand, it's lost, it's original righteousness. It really is, it's covered in shame. Do you want, I will take it. How much does it cost? It will cost your blood. It will cost your life. It will cost you everything. I'll buy it. Because I love them. And I want them to be my own. Jesus came to seek and to save sinners, and I'm one of them. And I'm one who's been rescued and I was on the garage sale of broken stuff that he somehow felt worthy of loving. Jesus lived a life I failed to live. And he's given me his righteousness, and you too. He died a death I deserve to die, and he's given us a victory over the grave. You know, he walked out of the grave, so one day we will walk with him in the new heavens and new earth. You just don't find a better story than that. Can you see him? Scripture is interesting because they'll say this, believing is seeing. It's not that seeing is believing. Believing is seeing. John will say this in the Gospel of John. It's very interesting. It talks about Jesus being the light and life of the world. It says, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. But watch this. Yet the world did not see him. It says it did not know him. The whole world came and they missed it. And he came to his own. He came to his own Jewish people that were promised a Messiah. He came to his own people. And guess what? They couldn't see him. They didn't receive him. But then there's this incredible word, this this transition. It says, but, but, but to all who did receive him, who, and here's how you receive him, who believed in his name, believed, had faith. He gave them the right to become Children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God, born again. And the word, it says next, became flesh, this word of God, Jesus. He became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. By believing, we are made children of God. And I love what John, 1 John 1, 3, 1 will tell us. The love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And you got to hear this. You ready for this? And that is what we are. 
Do you know the gift we receive by believing that Jesus is who he claimed he is? We get forgiveness. We get eternal life. We get righteousness. We get a place with him. But we get a place in the family. It doesn't get better. God gave us himself. And we are today, in all of our still brokenness, and all of our sinfulness, and all the darkness inside and outside, we are today in Christ Jesus, his children, a part of his family. It doesn't get better than that. And one day our faith will turn to sight. That passage in 1 John 3 goes on to say that when we see him, we will be like him. One day our faith will turn to sight and we will behold God's son with our very selves. Incredible. But until that day, believing is seeing. Seeing him in creation. Seeing him in his word. Seeing him in the reflection of one another. And let me ask you, can you see him tonight? Can you see him for who he is? Let us pray. Father God, the depth of love that you have for sinners is absolutely, it's, I don't have words to describe. That you would love the broken garage sale of the lot of us enough that you would send your son to come and to seek and to save the lost. And Jesus, that you were willing to spend so much to make us yours. That you would give up glory and your rightful place in heaven and, and experience all the junk and brokenness and pain of this world and to live a life that we fail to live and live it perfectly. And to die a death we deserve to die. You were the only innocent one. And yet you died for us so that we could be a part of your family. So that we could be loved, forgiven, and free. That is the greatest gift ever. And how do we receive it? Do we become religious? Do we have to be like super incredibly moral? Do we need to give away all our money? No. We believe. And even that, the gift of faith you give to us too. Thank you. The God, I pray for those in this room who don't know Jesus as who he really is, as Lord and Savior, that tonight would be the night that they wrap, unwrap the most incredible gift, that they unwrap the gift of Jesus, that they say, this is not a hoax. This is not it's just a cool story. This is God in flesh. And I want to call him my own. God, I pray for anybody who just simply will say a prayer in their heart asking you to come because I know that you'll drive none of us away who come to you. And it's, it, it, it's scandalously good that all we have to do by your grace is to believe in your Son as our Lord and Savior. Oh God, don't let there be a soul here tonight who leaves here without knowing that reality. Because Jesus, the light of the world, has come. And because of that reality, we are his. We thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen.